Hi, and welcome to The Gray Matters, a podcast where we talk about mental illness. On this episode, I talked to Krista about her experience with postpartum depression, and we end up getting into a lot of other things too. Please remember that this episode may cause triggers in some of you, so please make sure you have support, and remember, you are not alone. Okay. Hey, Krista. Hey. How's it going? Good. Good. So I'm really glad that we finally got a chance to get together after about a year of trying to plan this. I know, right? <laughs> I knew it happened one of these days. Um, I think the last time I got together was St. Patty's Day last year with Kyla. Oh my goodness, that's right. <laughs> I was looking back on the calendar and that's... That's crazy. So so we're definitely due. that long. <laughs> I know. Well, we're moms and time goes by fast, so... Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's what we're here to talk about anyway. So um, how it how it is being mom and how not great it is sometimes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, why don't we talk about your story and um, maybe we can do a little background. Um, you're a mother of two mm-hmm. and there are seven, almost four, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll start. Well, maybe we'll go back to like when you were pregnant or... Maybe I should ask, like, have you ever, um, like, before you were pregnant, did you ever have mental mental health struggles or anything, like anxiety or anything like that before pregnancy? I, nothing that was ever, like, diagnosed officially or anything like no. that. And I didn't think that I did mm-hmm. until I realized, like, obviously having had my son that I did. And then I realized what that all entails, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I, I, so when I think back, I'm like, yeah, I think there was a few things going on when I didn't even realize it. Um, but uh, I guess the difference was that before I had my son, um, I was always able to uh, like pull myself out. Uh, you know, if I felt like I was getting a little bit low or whatever, mm-hmm. I always knew how to just pull myself out of it. I knew what I had to do and I do it, you know, go for a walk or exercise or whatever it was, right? Laugh with friends. Or laugh with friends, yeah. <laughs> um, That's an inside joke. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, but then, you know, I, so, okay, I got pregnant with my son and, uh, and my pregnant was, or my pregnancy was brilliant. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. My husband laughed. We we joked around all the time because I wouldn't leave the house without like seven pairs of underwear in my bag because mm. I was literally like the happiest pregnant person in the world. And I just, I laughed all the time and peed myself all the time. <laughs> like it was just, it was awesome. Um, and then, uh, and then I had my son and I did, um, you know, pregnancy or delivery was good. Um, it was long, but it, right afterwards I had a, like a major postpartum hemorrhage. So, um, it meant a longer hospital stay mm. and, uh, and just, you know, like my milk never came in because I just, my body had a ton of trauma. So that it just, it was, everything kind of was backed up, backed up. Yeah. And I remember it took 22 days for Cooper to latch and they discharged us from the hospital and he wouldn't, so he wouldn't nurse and he wouldn't take a bottle. Um, and I remember being absolutely terrified because I was like, 
what am I doing? Like, I'm bringing this brand new baby home and I can't even feed him. (laughs) It's the most basic thing and I can't do it. Exactly right. Right from the start. (laughs) And, and, like, we've gone through prenatal class and, you know, they show all these, like, glorious videos about all, like, with all these babies just, like, they hand them to you and they naturally latch. And so you think that that's actually how it's going to (laughs) be. And it's not. Um, Major disappointment. Are all the mothers smiling in the videos? Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's all, like, Mm. this, like, picture perfect moment right um and then you know reality sets and you're like oh okay wow what do i do so that was kind of like the beginning of everything because we had to finger so what happened was my husband would finger feed Mm -hmm. my baby and while he was finger feeding him i would be pumping so that I could at least be on the same schedule, and uh, explain finger pumping f- or finger, finger, finger feeding. feeding. Finger, finger feeding. feeding. Yeah. So um, you have this like little tiny tube that um, you put one end into the formula or breast milk, and then the other one goes on the top of the finger, and we had mm-hmm. to put it into his mouth, and it was insane. And, yeah, and it was particular. Very. Yeah. And it's actually impressive, like, our fingers would be so bruised because they got some good suction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he would be finger feeding him. I would be pumping at the same time. And then, of course, it was burping. Um, he had, like, he was he always spit up everything. <laughs> like, it was mm. just, it was crazy. So you weren't even sure how much he was getting. No, that's the thing, right? Like, <clears throat> so there was that. And then, you know, you've got to, so you got to burp him. And then it's trying to get him back to sleep. And I've got to clean everything. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we didn't sleep. Um, so we were both so tired. And I remember, uh, uh, like, a public health nurse coming by and uh, to do the check or whatever. And she said, you're you're overfeeding your baby. Like, what are you doing? You're hurting him. And I because was like... He kept, because because I, it kept coming be- out? Because he was gaining weight. Like, I, like a lot of weight. Like he wasn't small he's, he's yeah, always yeah. been a bit of a tank so he was thriving that way he was thriving yeah and um <laughs> but yeah but I remember feeling like completely destroyed with that like I already felt like a failure because I couldn't nurse him and he was having more formula than breast milk um and uh, yeah and then when she told me that I was harming him because uh, I was he was being overfed mm-hmm. and I, I just I was like shattered and then that's when my husband kicked her out he's <laughs> like that's <laughs> it you're gone I was like super crying and oh my goodness um but uh anyway I mean at 22 days he did end up latching uh that was a still a process didn't happen every day but I started feeling a little bit better about things mm-hmm. in, in terms of the feeding front so that was good um and uh and yeah, um, my husband, his job takes him away a lot. So it was, you know, me and me and uh, Cooperman, and and from the very beginning, he, um, you and him were home a lot to alone. Uh, me and Cooper. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And like it was good, you know. We were trying to figure it out, but mm-hmm. I am like a control freak. And me and the control freak in me and a child who just does their own thing. That's, um, it wasn't a good, not fit. a good combination. <laughs> no. 
Um, and it's funny because like, uh, so like fast forward a few years and I, I found out that um, he has ADHD and some sensory issues and a bunch of, you know, a few mm-hmm. other things. And so when you look back now, when I look back now, yeah. there's so many things now that make sense. But mm-hmm. at the time, didn't I just they were just idea. I was like I don't understand what I'm doing wrong yeah and I remember the doctor and a few of the nurses co- um, commenting when we were in the hospital after I had him they're like he is such an alert baby like wow he is like wide-eyed mm-hmm. and he's like soaking it up and and of course none of that like it, it, it makes sense now yeah like it yeah. didn't I mean I thought I was like oh well I have an alert baby well mm-hmm. look at me go yeah know? like yay yeah yes um I did the same thing. Did you? Yeah, you know, like it's like I'll just. I'll they lifted their heads right up. Had, yeah, and, yeah. Saying, yeah, like he was like weeks old and he lifted his head up yeah. and was holding his head yeah. up, you know, and like yeah. So now it all makes sense. Um, so so yeah. So anyway, um, it just I noticed. I guess he would have been around like nine. Not, yeah, it was around the summer, so like nine months, that um, I just kind of felt like I was, like, dragging ass, I guess. Like, like in a slump. Um, what's that? In a slump? Uh, yeah. Like, I would be around my, like, mom friends, and... First of all, I, I was always terrible for, like, comparing him, because he was the boy out of, like, a bunch of girls okay and so he he didn't sit still and he there was no like um you know like all the girls they you know they'd sit there and they'd look at books or they'd mm-hmm. play with blocks very quietly and um they wouldn't be yeah you know like they just they were very mellow yeah and my child my child was not mellow <laughs> and um and uh he did it make you feel like you were kind of the outcast of the group of moms too? Because uh, you were constantly having to either defend or explain? Uh, yes, um, definitely. Um, and I, I remember actually going to one like play date mm-hmm. thing with like a whole bunch of moms with mm-hmm. a whole bunch of babies that a friend of mine had invited me to. And sounds terrible. It was literally the worst thing ever. <laughs> like I, I still actually get like anxiety thinking about it. And I mean, everybody was nice enough, but like, yeah, Cooper yeah. was just screaming his head off and nothing I did would help him. And now I realize it was just too much. It was too many people. It was too yeah. loud and nothing I did was going to help yeah. at that point. And I know that now, but at the time, and that was a huge thing for me. And there was a lot of different <clears throat> um, instances like that throughout um, the years too. Like I remember going to a park and he was a late talker. So, you know, you can't talk. So you use your hands and he was going through a tunnel-y thing and another kid was going through. And of course he pushed the other kid to like go by him. Mm -hmm. And the mom, she was like, she said to her husband, she's like, did you just see that kid? She's like, where's his mother? She's like, he just like actually pushed our kid. She's like, what the, you know? And and I, and I was like, you know, cause I was, I knew that was Cooper. And, um, so I was like, you know, I got up and of course, but you also kind of knew why I know I, I still like oh. at this time, I still didn't know. Like he just... was only like, I don't know, eight, 
18 months. Oh, in hindsight, you know why. Like, in hindsight, but in, I know But in why. the moment, you were like, oh, no, not but again. <laughs> it, it, that was exactly it. I it, like, and, and I feel, I feel terrible now because I got so angry. Like, I would, first of all, I was embarrassed and I was, and I was mad, you know, and I, and I was with my mom and, and my stepdad and I said to them, I was like, that's it. We're going home. And, uh, and they're like, what? They're like, no. And I'm like, nope, we're done. Like, pack up. We are going home now. And uh, they're like, okay. Um, and I just, I was so angry at Cooper because I was like, I don't know. I, I couldn't understand. I was like, seriously, like, yeah. Like you had to push, like, what the, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, it, it, so anyway, there was like tons of different like moments like that. Just mm-hmm. these random little things that happened that just tenfold contributed to my anxiety and my postpartum depression and made me turtle like it just made me so it made me not want to go out mm-hmm. um I would avoid social situations um and I got super defensive if I was out um I felt like he was like the scapegoat almost you know mm-hmm. um and so so yeah um and I guess like I didn't even realize he, he was 13 he was 13 months when I finally, I was like, okay, I, I have postpartum depression. Like I, I couldn't even admit it. I knew that I was going through something, but I didn't want to tell my husband. I, I mean, my husband knew something wasn't right. But at that point you hadn't actually said it out loud or talked to him. No, no, not at all. And even, even when I thought about it, I would like, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like push it to the back. Yeah. Like that's not like, I can't have that, you know? Like, yeah. um, that's like weakness or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, um, and so, so yeah, so yeah, he was 13 months when I, when I was, I fully admitted, I'm like, okay. This so is... you admitted it to yourself then. I did. And I do remember sitting actually in this room with my husband. I remember sitting there and I told him and I was like crying. And I actually remember saying to him that I was, that I was angry with him because like, I felt like I had this resentment towards him because I felt like it was his fault because if we had gotten married when I wanted to get married and if we could have mm-hmm. had kids when I wanted to have kids, um, then I would, it, I wouldn't have got it because I was younger and I was more adaptable and, and I was all these things. Right? So you're like blaming life events in the timeline. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it was crazy. Um, so yeah. So then, um, and of course, and even then, like I started to see a counselor, but I wouldn't go on any meds because I, first of all, I felt ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had uh, never been on meds before. No, no, no. And, um, and I felt totally ashamed and, and which I like, I wish, I wish that I had gone on them. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I don't, I don't know why I was so resistant to it. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I would things would have just been so much better. Well, you hear a lot of stuff about it. You hear yeah. a lot of negative things about medication. That's true. That's so true. it's only natural. And in this day and age, with everybody trying to be natural with everything, like no plastic, no nothing, like everything, right? It's only natural to feel like that about meds. Yeah, that's and, actually a good point. And meds that you've never tried before, and then you read about the side effects, and if you've been sensitive to other things what's you know you're gonna automatically think probably that you're gonna have every side effect listed and some of them are scary and they have to put suicide on there and Mm, you know it's so that's a big deterrent 
even yeah. though it's it's not always what it is but no that's so, so true. it's understandable when people are apprehensive <laughs> about meds i think too like the other part of it for me was i was terrified that if once i went on them that i wouldn't be able to get off them that i would like absolutely rely on them like did you think like that you would be addicted or did you just not want to have to rely on something i did i just didn't i was never worried about being addicted i just didn't want to um have to rely on something like i've always prided myself in being a strong person Mm -hmm. um which after years of counseling i've discovered a lot of things along that way um but uh or that you can be strong and on meds yes yeah just because yeah exactly just because you're on meds doesn't make you weak or whatever right yeah um but it's a it's a that's a huge like discovery right it was like it's huge it, it for sure for sure um yeah so that uh okay so 13 months you thought i have depression you told your husband what did he do he was uh, he was amazing actually um you know he's like let's was he relieved maybe that you said something like was he wondering all this time what's wrong with her um he was definitely worried because he, he knew something was wrong and and when i finally ad- admitted it to him he's like yeah like he he, he that's it just kind of like waiting <laughs> for yeah exactly he's like okay i know <laughs> um and i think he had a really hard time with it i think he was um I, I mean, part of him probably was worried because he does go away a lot. So he's like, oh my goodness. Like, he didn't right. want to. Yeah. You like, read leave. about stuff and you read about people killing their kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think he just didn't want to, like, add to the my load, you yeah. know, by leaving. Um, so that he was worried about that. I think he knew, like, I've. One thing I have never. I've never wanted to. Like, I've never had a thought to, like, harm and either of my children, mm-hmm. um, or myself actually, which is nice. Like I've never gotten, I guess, to that point, which I'm very grateful for. Um, oh yeah. And like postpartum depression too, I should probably point out. It's not about harming your kids. Like, yeah, it's not all about that. It's, it's, it's different. But That's like a different I, level too, but I've had friends though. Like yep. I do have one particular friend and, um, she and I were talking one day, just kind of venting or whatever. And I remember she said that, when she had had her daughter, she remembers putting her daughter in the middle of the bed, locking herself in the bathroom and calling her mom. And she's like, you need to come over right now. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and I was, you know, like, and so like everybody, it's just so different. And that's everybody. amazing that your friend did that. And, and I was like, good that. for you. Yeah. Like, because some people don't feeling. get exactly right. And, and like my husband, we joked around that, um, we'd go to the junkyard and we'd buy a, an old car, like this like old, old beater and park it on the side. And anytime I just, I was going to like, you know, snap, he's like, you go outside and he's like, you slash those tires. You, you go and break that windshield. He's like, every Christmas I'll buy you a new one. I'm like, yeah, you know, like, um, he's like, tell all your mommy friends to come over, you know, like we were kind of joking have around about it. Like, go trunk. key that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, like it's, um, yeah, it's it's scary. I guess it's scary when you when you're well, the unknown is scary. It, so like yeah. you don't know what what kind. So for him to find out that you had this postpartum depression, he has a job that takes him away. He might be thinking, is this going to be one of those times that I read about where I come home and find a disaster in the That's house, like, yeah. or or is it like we just need to focus more on balance and you know 
I, I so it can be different. It's just finding out what type of. Absolutely. And I think for me, like, again, now that I'm, I mean, my son is almost seven and a half years old now, right? So it's like a lot of, I can look back. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that for me, if I, if there had been more balance, I think that that would have made all the difference in the world for us. But we don't have family up here. And, um, and so there's no like grandparent to call or, you know, anything like that. And with my husband being gone, it was, it was me. It was isolating, right? It was Mm -hmm. isolating. And, um, and you know, like when, you know, when I said that before I had kids, if I felt myself getting low or whatever, I knew what I had to do to pull it out, but I couldn't do that. You couldn't do those things. No, like I didn't have somebody to be like, here you go. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to like, um, you know, like I, I, I went for lots, lots of walks with my son, you know, um, but it was different when you're, when you're not on, like when you mm-hmm. can actually just like be off. Yeah. I never got a chance to like turn off, mm-hmm. um, you know, like throughout the night, um, during the day, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it, yeah, it was just, it was, it was hard. Well, one of the, one of the questions when, when you go in to get your child diagnosed with ADHD is they ask you about their sleep habits. And so it is funny. You're like, funny. That's not even a good word. Interesting. (laughs) There's nothing funny about this. It's interesting. Like, because most of the time you'll, you'll think back and be like, oh yeah, like they are shitty sleepers. Like, um, as a baby, like right from the get go, their sleep patterns were probably a little bit wonky. And so you've like never, ever like had a typical sleep pattern in your kid. Yeah. So people like think about what you're like if you go without proper sleep for a weekend how hard it is to get back on track for that week can you imagine like someone doing it for years oh i know know. obviously it's going to contribute to depression yeah (laughs) obviously exactly right um it changes your brain chemistry an interesting little like side note or tidbit or whatever um so i finally managed to like i'm starting to get to that point where i can actually take care of myself Mm -hmm. which is lovely Um, and you know, I had suspected there was, you know, some stuff going on or whatever, but sure enough, it came back. Like I'm, I'm in adrenal fatigue and my thyroid is whacked and like, there's so many things. And, and I was like, yeah, I am not like, I'm not the same person. Yeah. It's like, I'm not even surprised. Like I remember the doctor saying to me, she's like, I knew I was pretty sure that I knew what the results were going to come back based on what you told me. She's like, but like. I'm impressed that you're functioning at the level <laughs> that you're functioning for what the paper's telling me. I'm like, yeah, she's like, like your adrenals are like flatlined. Like <laughs> she's like, they're supposed to have this curve. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I so, feel it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so like, I remember, I remember days, I just, I remember being sad too, because I would be with my friends and we'd be play, having play dates or whatever. And they, it's like their kids were their whole world and, and they were fulfilled and they were, I would say they were fulfilled. And like, I always joke around with my, my sister-in-law because she was born to be a mom. Like she has two kids and she's like the best mom. Like it comes easy to her. It comes natural to her. She just knows the right, everything to do. Um, and, and then there's me, (laughs) 
And I'm just like, it, I, I guess I'd always hoped and I went into being a mom wanting to like have that be like my niche or whatever. You yeah. Know? Like I just, I meant to be a mom. Yeah. And then I became a mom and I was like, oh no, like this is like <laughs> super hard for me. And I love my kids and I wouldn't do any, I would yeah. do anything for them. Right. And, and I'd have them all over again. Um, but it's definitely not easy for me. That's I do not have to work expected. at it and, and yeah. I love them, but like I never, I don't feel truly fulfilled because I've had kids. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I feel like there's definitely more. Um, whereas, you know, other people don't and I'm super like happy for them, you know, that they, that they, that they have that, but you know, and I, and I, yeah. So I remember telling my husband one day, I was like, I, I would wake up at the crazy hour because my son would wake up at like five something for like for the day. And, um, and I, there was no, like, I wasn't like excited to see him, you know, like, I, like, I, I remember like, I'd have to like pep talk myself to get, just to get out of yeah, bed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like, know. and the idea of going through an, a, a, another day, just, it exhausted me and it just deflated me before you were even out of bed. And I hadn't even left my bed yet. And I was like, I can't do this. And think about like what your brain is doing in that moment. So like you're thinking about him and being like, I'm not really that excited to see him. And then your other parts going, but you should be that should part, the should part. That's really harmful. Right. Because then you're thinking about all your friends that are probably not getting up yet, but will be in two or three hours when their normal kids get up at a normal hour. (laughs) And they're going to be like, Oh, I can't wait to see you. Or I have people that like, like when they have new babies, they, they want to wake their baby up because they oh, miss yeah. it. I'm like, no, no, don't do that. I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> don't poke the bear. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, there's nothing wrong with me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's so true though. And like, as if we don't already have enough mom guilt over like a billion things. Those but people like, can just shut the hell up. Like, <laughs> but man, like, yeah, I suffered some serious mom guilt. And yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's different for everybody. Like I say all the time, but. I don't know. I think maybe it's more of a whammy when, when you've planned it and you've planned it a certain way in your head. Like you've wanted to be, yeah. like not, not everybody becomes a mom and wants to be a mom. That's true. Yeah. And, and so their journey is, is their own. But like when you set out to be a mom, because that is what you want. And then it turns out to not be all you want. Yeah. It's a horrible, shitty feeling. It totally and it has is. nothing to do with a lack of love to, for your child. And, and that is what is hard to distinguish between, I think. Yeah. Like, it's it's like, and how do you explain that to someone that doesn't get it? Like, yeah. it, it does feel hard to say to someone that doesn't get it, like, yeah, I'm not really 100% fulfilled being a mom. And they're like, what? It's like, but I love my kids 100%. Uh, one, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But that's why you have your side business. That's why you have part-time job. That's why you do other things is because you can't just have that one thing. That's not who you are. Yeah. I, I remember when I started my side business too, that somebody's like, and it's not dealing drugs. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, although I've heard that's quite lucrative. <laughs> um, but I remember, um, you know, somebody's like, well, why, uh, why are you doing that? You know, cause, um, you know, everybody wants to be like a stay at home mom and you know, yeah. all this stuff and here yeah. I am a stay at home mom. You, and you I was like, the, you're living the dream. I, yeah. Right. And, um, 
And I and I was like, honestly, the idea of getting away from my children <laughs> seems so appealing at the time, you know, just to get little snippets to be away from them. And just because I didn't have mm-hmm. that, you know, um, yeah. So I was like, yeah, this this will be this will be fun. I joked last year because I, I get summers off that like it was such a bad summer last year weather wise, oh. like the first month rained the whole month. And then the second month. We had like a lot of company, so it wasn't really my time. It was just kind of doing whatever the tourists wanted to do. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was time to go back to work and it was fall and fall is really hard for me. If anyone that knows me knows I hate, like I have sad. So like just going into fall, it's just, it revs me right up into this horrible dark place. And, uh. I, I went back to work in August and I told my boss, I'm like, next summer I'm getting a part-time job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I will get a job wrapping meat at a grocery store for the summer. I, I need my time and yeah. I just need somewhere to go. I yeah. Need, and I need more of a, of a, um, a routine. Like it's really hard for me to like when it's like nice long summer days and it's, we're being lazy there's only so much of that I can handle and then I can't be lazy anymore. I need to get totally. back on track. It's like one or two days. It's like a weekend. But I'm on that track. The children, however, are not there. They're like, let's be lazy. And I'm like, I need to fight with you all summer about getting dressed and getting my hair done. And I need to go get groceries and you need to be home to do like, yeah. I, I need to keep my schedule. And it just doesn't coincide with the kids and their summer plans. It's depressing. It's absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But like, 100%. did you find, because you had Cooper in January and it was like oh. dark and cold and stuff. Did you find that even having your daughter in the end of April, was that different for you? Night and day. Like, mm-hmm. I yeah. just kind of thought of it when I was talking about sad. Yeah. No, that's yeah. a, that's such a good point. Yeah. Uh, we, we joked around. So my son was a Friday the 13th baby and we all joked around because <laughs> it was insult to injury. <laughs> it's a, totally right. Um, it was, a it was a, uh, such a warm, I remember it being like warm. Um, the day he was born. No, no. Like it was warm for weeks, like from Christmas, like oh, right like through the season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember saying, I was like, he's, he, or, he's going to come when it's going to drop to like 30 below. And that's when he's going to decide to come. And sure enough, it was like minus 32 when we were driving to the hospital. Um, and I remember my husband, the car wouldn't start. Um, and he was under the car tiger torching the thing like just to like try and get <laughs> it to the yukon people it's so true right um <laughs> we're tough but uh but yeah so it was hard because um i don't know how many times i would put him in a stinking snowsuit because i was like that's what we gotta go out like we only get like four hours of sunshine like daylight we need to be out i don't care how cold it is um and yeah i remember sticking him in a snowsuit and wrapping him up in my big jacket and uh Every time I put him in a snowsuit, he'd blow out. Every time. Oh, yeah. So it took us like an, like at least an hour to get out. Every time. It was just, I was like, this is just exhausting. But then with my daughter, she was born the end of April. And that May was so hot. I remember sitting out on the back deck. She was sitting with me. Yeah. And it was so hot. And it was like, yay. Like plays or makes a huge difference on your mood. And I, I mean, I ended up going into um, like the, I never managed the postpartum depression, like before mm-hmm. I got pregnant with Lainey. So um, 
like it was still there. It kind of, no, I didn't actually really care about it. I was like, yeah, no, it got a little bit better. No, it didn't. Um, See, and that's the, that is the, <laughs> that is the scary thing with that stuff. And like, I was actually thinking about medication and, and that's what medication can do. You take it for granted, the feeling that yeah. you can forget. And so that's why a lot of people will relapse is because you'll be on meds, you'll be feeling good. And you all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I can do this. I don't like the side effects anyway. Yeah. And so you go off and you crash again. And then, but you like, but it's almost like your brain prevents you almost from remembering how bad it was when it was that bad. It's like survival You knew it was bad, but you can't feel it until you're in it again. And that's the scary thing. Cause it's like, are you going to be able to crawl out this time? Yeah. So like, so you didn't go on medication. So I didn't go. No, I realized. And you told your husband, did you go to the doctor? So I went to the doctor and he, and they were like, okay, let's, um, um, they gave me the choice. Like they did say like, do you want to go on medication? Mm-hmm. And, um, I said no, yeah. stupidly, um, and went to counseling instead. Um, and how often were you going? I was going once a week. Oh, okay. That's pretty often. So, yeah. So it was pretty good. Um, and then I don't know. I just, I don't remember how long I went for. But I remember thinking, okay, like, this is good. Like, they've given me some tools. Like, you know, um, like, I'm good. You know, I, I like, I, I can handle this, right? And when you were going, were you guys actually addressing postpartum depression? Like, were you guys actually? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. She was actually, it was like my first time going consistently to a counselor. And I remember thinking, like, it was really hard. Yeah. Um, it was so hard. But it was pretty great. Um, like I remember thinking, wow, this woman is like fantastic. Um, as hard as it was, uh, was it like the gym, like where it's hard to rev yourself up to go, but once you've done it, you feel like I'm glad I did. Or is it even hard sometimes between? It was uh, like all of that. Like, and the process, like the whole thing until you started feeling better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I remember feeling utterly exhausted afterwards. Like, it's like, I just wanted to come home and, and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. you know um which you can't even do because you know you got this little this little one waiting for you at home yeah um but uh, yeah so I didn't go on medication I did the counseling but no medication and then I stopped the counseling because I thought I was doing better and then um and yeah and then we had decided that we wanted to try again or whatever um, and Lainey was a hard one. We, we kind of had to work for her cause, mm-hmm. um, like, like I have the two kids, but Lainey's, Lainey's our fifth baby. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was hard cause yeah, we were in between ones. Yeah. And, and, and the thing too was that unfortunately we weren't, it, none of them were like natural miscarriages. I was in and out of the OR, mm-hmm. um, for like DNCs or whatever. And so that play, that was hard for Andrew and I. Um, which also did not help with the postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And then we did end up getting pregnant with Lainey. And um, and I felt like at first I felt um, like a little bit better. Um, and probably, I, and I figured, I think that it was just because it was like the idea, like it was the hope, like it's like we're going to have another baby. And like mm-hmm. that's exciting, right? And, yeah, you and, have something and to look forward, forward to. to it, right? And I also like, I, for some reason I thought, well, if I, if I had such an amazing pregnancy the first time, 
um, that it would be like that the second time, except that it wasn't like she was pure evil inside my body. And I was so sick, like the, like from five weeks until the day they induced me, like, I don't know how many times I tried to go off um, was it Declectin? The Declectin. Every <laughs> single time I did, she had me barfing. I mean, I, I was on Declectin and progesterone and Z- um, Zantac. And I, I called her my drug baby because with Cooper, I wouldn't even take a Tylenol. I was so spazzy about it, you know? <laughs> and then with Lainey, they She'd were just like, like, load me up. Oh, yeah. They were like, like, and I was like, really? Are you sure this is okay? Like, but yeah, like it's such a polar opposite experiences. And, uh, and yeah, and then of course when, like having said that, um, the year, like when I was, uh, pregnant with Lainey, that was the hardest year ever with our son. And that was the year that we found out that he had ADHD and Mm -hmm. sensory processing stuff and some self-regulation stuff and anxiety, like all this stuff. Right. Um, and, uh, and I remember thinking like, okay, you know, like, cause he was in the end of the terrible twos and he was just going into the, uh, you know, the trying threes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember he like lost, it was rendezvous and we went to the pancake breakfast. Oh, fun. Which of course for some lots of people, absolutely. And, and excited people. Ex- and so loud. And, and it's the morning. <laughs> right? Like it's just, it was like, it was like this, the, the, the recipe perfect storm, for disaster. right? Exactly. And we went with some friends and I remember he completely lost it over like nothing. And I could, I was like, what is going on here? And I remember, um, they, they picked their kid up and, um, like I couldn't even get Cooper into, like, it was like minus 30 outside. Couldn't even get him into his jacket. He was like flailing and freaking out and kicking things. And, um, so like the husband, the husband grabbed the daughter, the mom grabbed my bags and his jackets and all that stuff. And I grabbed him and I was trying to carry him out and he's like grabbing people, like reaching for their hair. He grabbed, managed to grab some collars <laughs> and like, I have to get through this ginormous lineup, you know, cause everybody's trying to come in. Right. And, uh, it's not a huge space to get out of that building. Anyway. He's like managing to hit people on the way out. And I remember I just put him down on the, I got out and I put him down on the sidewalk. Cause like he's a tank. He was yeah. throwing his weight around. It was so slippery and I'm like <laughs> so pregnant. And you're probably sweating and. And yeah, like it was just, it was a gong show. And I remember crying cause that was like the, the biggest stint where my husband was not around very much. Mm-hmm. And I just remember crying to him. I was like, I don't understand what's going on with him. Like this is like the worst phase ever. Like, I hope this phase leaves only to realize that it wasn't a phase. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, as hard as it is to have found out everything like that we found out about him. I mean, I remember being like so surprised, right. Cause you, mm-hmm. I mean, as first time mom, you don't really know. And you're thinking what? Like, yeah. Um, and I, uh, it was as hard as it was to find out, like, I'm so grateful for the people that told me or like, they're like, we need to talk, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Because, um, man, like if they hadn't had the courage to like approach me and say like, Hey, 
then who knows, like who knows how long it could have waited. And, and then, you know, like I understand, I think that like statistically, and you can correct me and you might actually know this, but like, usually it's like when they're into the grades, like into like grade two or three, when it seems to like really um, come out and where they're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I think that, you know, you might be looking at this. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, like, I, I couldn't imagine like for the going amazing... longer, like still not knowing uh, yeah. at this point when he's in grade one, like uh, not knowing. It, it's crazy. And to think how much, how far, how much he'd be struggling mm-hmm. and like how far behind he'd be. Um, and just the idea of like his peers, like ostracizing him. Yeah. Cause that's a huge one. Yeah. Um, well, the kids don't get it yet. No, kids can be so inclusive, but they can be so mean too. Yeah. Like, but as soon as like kids are pretty curious, and I and I have found like any time that I've had to explain something, they get it. Yeah, like let's give them more credit because they get Absolutely. it, and they actually like being helpers. They sure do. My son loves being <clears throat> a helper. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. So like, if you if if they know that there's a kid in class that needs a little help. Whether it be sitting still or, you know, coming out of their shell or whatever it is. Like, there's going to be a kid in that class that has a skill that they could. Yeah. So you just need to, people need to educate kids. That's, that's the thing, hey. Like, it's not bad. Teach compassion. You know, like, I don't know how many times we've been called into the school, you know, and then I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, so, like, absolutely, that's legit. I'm like, but what did you say to the parents? I'm like. Mm-hmm. you know like this is a really great opportunity for a teaching moment yeah that like not all kids are created equal and mm-hmm. like they should be explaining to their child that if my child is doing something that they don't like that child needs to tell my child not wait to go home mm-hmm. to tell you so that they can email um yeah the principal or whatever yeah. and then the principal gets to call me and then we get to go in like four days later yeah no. we're dealing with something that for a kid who has no concept of time yeah i can't do anything about it at that point like i know or like cause and reaction or uh, yeah. whatever like yeah yeah it's yeah. almost it's like, like a dog like for those kids like you have to catch them in the act yeah because you can't rub their nose in it to like get a day later across and then you have to keep catching them in the act for like two or three extra years like, what, did, what did they say? It's like the at the point of performance, I think, mm-hmm. is what Tom Russell Barkley says. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but like, but I mean, you probably understand it, it's l- like you're constantly having to educate people. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and it's exhausting. <laughs> and, then, and so, and so, like, I read to, um, like, developmentally, kids with, with ADHD, like, they, they, they're 30%. They tend to younger. take like two ish years or so longer than their peers to get somewhere, like to get to a certain level of development. So, like, yeah. And they don't even plateau until they're in their 30s. <sighs> like 35, like my husband? Like, possibly. <laughs> like, like, is it going to happen? <laughs> waiting anytime. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh. I'm waiting for 15 years. Um, but <laughs> no, I was. I was just thinking because an example was like our daughter yesterday, um, Tavis was going to take her snowboarding and she's almost 12 and he asked her to do one thing and that was make sure you have your snow pants and your snow boots or whatever. And so I'm like trying to stay out of this. Like I, I'm trying to, to just let them fall and learn from those mistakes. Anyway, they get to the hill and then they realize that Dana didn't bring her snow pants. So he's mad. Like he's livid. Yeah. Because the week before that, it was the same thing, but with her boots. And he's like, I asked you to do one thing. I'm like, 
but so so he he was perceiving it as like she doesn't care about snowboarding the way he does right and i know and he said he he said that to her right and he's saying it and in his brain he's like shut up tavin shut up tavin because he knows he's being his impulsive and he can't stop it and he needs this stimulation so he needs a fight and yeah he knows because he has adhd (laughs) (laughs) but he can't stop but he can't stop meanwhile she's crying and she's the internal so she's inside she's like shouting at him inside right but she's instead just crying like a, a sweet little innocent girl that she is and i'm trying to I'm like, I'm like why am i the one explaining this to you two this is your disorder and but i was trying to explain i'm like he, like she really likes it she really wants to remember everything she really didn't want to get there and find out what she found out that she forgot that yeah what she needs he's like but i asked her like last week we had this nice conversation about it about how it's important to remember everything i'm like yeah and then it was gone but that was last week and then he you know also commented on the fact that he was getting ready for two hours like making sure everything was there and stuff and that she was sitting there watching tv and so it wasn't appearing to him like she was excited Uh and i was like yeah but she was thinking about it the whole time she was watching tv yeah she's probably so excited She probably wasn't really watching TV, actually. Exactly, right? (laughs) Like, you don't know what she was actually doing. And that's the problem. And so you can't just jump to those conclusions. But going back to when you felt isolated around your friends and stuff, it's because this is exhausting. It's constant Mm -hmm. trying to explain your behavior, the behavior of your child. At that point, you didn't even know why. But you knew that it was different. And you knew that it was, like, exhausting. Yeah. And you were probably wondering, like, are my friends thinking, like, why is he, like, not able to sit down like Chloe here? Yeah. Whatever. Like, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's just kind of even an unspoken, like, feeling you get when when your kid is different. Totally. That's, like, so true. And I think moms, we, moms tend to be competitive anyway, like, Mm -hmm. with or without throwing anything else into the mix because you're like moms are just proud you know Mm -hmm. but I think we forget that we're all on the same team and uh and that it's not about like no kid is better than the other you know like we're all just we need to like they outnumber us man we got a freaking band together like (laughs) it's really interesting like the difference between moms too like for instance some moms like the my teacher friend that I was talking about about how she loathes teacher parent teacher interviews because of the parents that that feel like their kid can do no wrong. I'm completely on the other side of the spectrum. Like I, I'm like, oh my god, what did my kid do? Like right away, I'm like, it's, it was mine. It was mine. Like, and I don't know why I do that. Because I, I have really good kids. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the the openness. I think like like, like we saw this one of our little cousins. I, I she said the f word, <laughs> and you're like to her grandma like cross and I and I was like. Oh no, like Arlie taught her that. Like, <laughs> like right away, I was like, it's gonna come out. Like, we're at this family function. I'm like, it's gonna come out. It was our kid. And I mean, and it turns out it wasn't. It was one of her classmates. But right away, I was like, that was my kid. Do you think maybe it's because of it's like a defense maybe. thing? Maybe because like, like maybe you went through like numerous instances where it, <laughs> like you, your kid was blamed. So now you're just like, I'm just gonna like call this right now. I'm gonna own this because. Yeah, maybe. Like, like, that way you're not, like, bamboozled. You don't feel like you're caught off guard. Or if I, like, put it out there first to show that I'm okay with having a not-so-okay kid. Yeah. I yeah. don't know why I, I do it. 
because I oh. actually don't believe like well that one time with the F word I really was afraid that it was <laughs> because that is such a thing that she would have done um and but but yeah like my kids aren't bad like I no. I don't know it's just something that that I've always I've always done like I, I just maybe it's because I've heard Steph say how much it's annoying when te- when parents don't think that yeah I'm like, it was mine. Threw the one the bus. I couldn't imagine being a teacher. Like, yeah, with all the different personality types, the dynamics. I know that, like, for, again, the multiple times that we go into the principal's office, we, like, he is really sweet. Like, he's like, I just want to thank you guys for being willing to work with us and for listening, you know, mm-hmm. being open-minded. Like, he's always, you know, thanking us for just, I guess, yeah, being open to hear whatever's going on without being defensive and like shut off and like flying off the handle, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like hands down, like I'm mama bear. I will advocate for my son mm-hmm. like to the dying breath. Um, but th- like there's both sides too. Right. Yeah. Like, so. Well, I mean, and when we were going through the diagnosis process with, with our first one, it was all new. And so I remember texting staff a lot, like just to get a teacher's perspective on it. Like Absolutely. How, how would, how would you want a parent to approach you? And, and because I was really conscious of the, the fact that, like, this is make or break for my kid. Yeah. We're starting off in this school. I don't want to be that mom. I want to be a proactive mom that's ready to work. Like, together. Like, yeah. you, like you just, everybody should be on the same team, on and, the same side. Yeah, and just, like, start barking out orders or whatever. Because teachers, and because of where I work, <laughs> I know right. how many how many plans kids go into. Like, how many yeah. how many, like program plans teachers have when they get these kids that come in with the special needs and they have to they have goals and they have they have to record like achievements and reflections and there's reports and there's meetings and for like just one kid that's tons of work it's oh yeah and like teachers like sometimes have three or four kids like that in their class in, in, in addition to the other kids they need to pay attention to too right yeah there's those parents coming in and then for whatever reason, like some parents are just like helicopter in there all the time. And it just, it's not productive. Like it doesn't let the teacher really do what they're trained to do. No. And no. I just feel like. And it we, doesn't help their kid either. Like there's just, yeah. There's it's just no a really nice, like fine line between like balancing what you want to see in, in the classroom and uh, how you approach the teacher about how to get that. Mm-hmm. Like, my son's teacher right now, like, there's a lot of things where I'm like, well, I don't really know if you should have said that in front of the class to him. But instead, I'll pick my battles and I'll say, I I heard he had a hard time sitting still, wondering maybe if a wiggle cushion might help. That helped a lot in grade one. You know, like, trying to be a little diplomatic. I want to keep the peace because it's going to affect him, like... Like, the teacher's relationship with the kid or with the parent can sometimes trip Rub off on the... Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's like, it would be hard not to. Like yeah. I, 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 my hat goes off to all teachers cause my goodness, like, yeah, they're, they're amazing. They truly are. Like when you think about what you're responsible for as a teacher. Yeah. And then like times by 20 or, you know, if you, if you're in Alberta 40 <laughs> or yeah, yeah, no kidding. Hey, but yeah, like I, I just can't imagine because because I'm a highly sensitive person too. I just can't handle that much like stuff happening in my environment for that long. It's draining. Yeah. 
So, um, so yeah, so having a kid <laughs> with special needs, but not knowing it because he was a toddler, it's exhausting. Um, and you're already like dealing with sleep deprivation as like a normal, typical parent would. Yeah. Figuring it out, figuring out your marriage because that changes after. That changes the whole dynamics. Yeah. Me, me and Andrew have never had so, like our rawest moments have happened since mm-hmm. having our kids. And we were together for eight years before we were married. So it's not like we rushed into things mm-hmm. or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it takes a toll for sure. And no one tells you that part. No, <laughs> they don't. And I, I, I still smile when people tell me when you hear, Oh, I, you know, so-and-so, yeah, she, um, you know, I, we're, we're going to have a kid. I, we need to save our marriage. We're going to have a kid, you know, like that'll fix things. I'm like, are oh, you Lord. insane? Yes. I was like, honey, I'm like, that's no, no, no. That's, that's like the worst thing you can do. Give you know? your kids away. <laughs> the ones that you already have. Oh my goodness. I'm like, Just yeah, you away. might want to rethink that one. <laughs> but, um, so I, um, so my son was sick and he ended up sleeping in and I didn't give him his med uh, cause he gets one every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, this, this was actually like a monster eye opener for me because, um, it, it made me remember, like, I remember thinking to myself at the end of the day, and this was last Sunday. Um, it's the first day he's ever not been on meds. Mm-hmm. Um, because since he started, since meds, he started taking them, yeah, since he started taking them, we, we, every day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. Every day he gets them. Um, and I remember at the end of the day, I was exhausted. It was the longest, hardest day ever. And I was super excited when the kids finally went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember, um, drinking my tea and thinking, wow, this is what it used to be like every single day. Like before we knew. And, and I thought to myself, like, well, frick, no wonder, like mm-hmm. I had, I was in like the darkest mm-hmm. place ever. Um, Cause it's not fun. It, it, it wasn't fun. Nothing about and, it is. No. And like at the time I used to take everything personally that he did. I'd be like, he's not listening. He's just respectful or he's being rude. And like, and I had, and I literally took all of that personally, which of course, obviously we can, but, um, yeah, like it just, it, it was an eye opener. It just, it made me realize like, yeah, you know what? I actually was really strong. Like the fact that I managed to keep everything together mm-hmm. as long as I did before I completely fell apart was pretty actually impressive. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't weak or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think often like we do not give ourselves enough credit. We, we have a lot of balls that we're juggling and, uh, yeah, it's this motherhood thing isn't for the faint hearted. <laughs> no. And it's, yeah, it's not for everybody. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I look at some of my friends that are like dog mummies and I'm like, Oh yeah. How like, nice with that that's thing. actually like, there's some appeal to that. Hey? <laughs> it's funny because like, because working at the child development center, I actually work with quite a few women that don't have kids. And um, they all have dogs. And I'm like, just leave it like that. Yeah. Just leave it at that. And, you know, you can always travel whenever you want. Um, I'll take totally. your dog. It's way easier to find a dog sitter. <laughs> exactly. They don't back talk. 
That's the other thing, too, is, like, trying to find, like, you're supposed to have date nights or, you know, time or whatever. But when you have a kid that has behavioral issues, like our kids, you don't want to subject anyone else to that. And it's not only that. It's, like, you feel like no one's going to understand every single little quirk or thing that your child has and the needs that it requires. That's true. And And that's exhausting to start thinking about trying to tell that to a babysitter or a grandma. And, and I think there's also too, for me, there's a, there was a trust thing as well. Cause it's yeah. like, I, how, how do I know that I can trust you to like not completely lose it? Well, what, when you love your kid because you've given birth to him and you want to throttle him, it, how right? can you trust a 15 year old kid yeah. that wants to talk on the phone? Or if that's the thing, well, that's like, the way I was. You have to like pay attention <laughs> to them. Right. Like, yeah, that's, it's very true though. It's very true. Is there anything um, that you would say to to other people that might be harmful things to say to new moms? Because I, like for me at my work, um, we see a lot of new moms at the Child Development Center. And I'm very cognizant about what I say or don't say. And I tend to err on the side of caution more and don't say things because you don't know how someone's going to take it. Um, and... Like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna come right out and say it. Like public health nurses, <laughs> um, I like they're great. Like there's like there's there's so many of them that um, like that we have to work with and, and send yeah. referrals our way, and they're great referrals most of the time. And like yay for catching all the stuff that they do for for whatever. We've actually had um, quite a few referrals come in the last few days for um, nurses picking up on postpartum depression actually and it's been oh, amazing wow. that's to, that's to, so great yes to see this so um so I, I don't want to bash them but what i'm saying is like they have a profession that that heightens the risk of them saying stuff that might be harmful i guess because right they're they're always with new moms and stuff so when we go in for our immunization shots or well baby checkups or whatever. Some of the things that, that have been said to me are like a little weird. Like some talks about um, breastfeeding and formula feeding are a little bit weird. And I just think that some of those talks could probably just not happen. Like why does, why is there such a big focus on what you're feeding your baby? Yeah. Like I'm not feeding them like like hamburgers and steaks like it's it's <laughs> it's breast milk or formula milk. Yeah. What like there's really and they're both good they're both fine they're like they're both fine i mean and heck if your kid is getting both then they're even double great because they're super covered yeah if you're, yeah you're supplementing <laughs> exactly it's a good thing i just i i just remember like feeling um almost like i had to explain mm, to people like why I, why i wasn't breastfeeding um and and then i remember actually a friend of mine when we we had our first babies a month apart and i was I was exclusively, or I was exclusively pumping at this point. Um, and because I really hated the feeling of having a baby suckle. Yeah. Like I actually hated that feeling. I, I guess I'm too sensitive. It didn't, and it was like past the point of it hurting. Like it was to the point where it was fine. I just hated it. Um, and it's not like I hate watching babies breastfeed like it's nothing that it was personally just, I didn't like didn't the feeling feel. of it to me at all yeah um so I was trying to pump and it was because it was like less personal I guess for me and it was better that way 
And so when she said, like, are you breastfeeding? I didn't even really know what to say because I was like, am I? Like, it's breast milk, but it's breastfeeding, like, literally, like, when they're the feeding from the breast. Of- like, I, I didn't know what to say. So I was, like, trying to explain it. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm pumping it. And, the, and then we parted ways and my mom's like, that is breastfeeding. Like, you can say it. And I, I felt like she needed to tell me that to reassure me that I could say mm-hmm. it. And, like, I wasn't being a phony or a fraud. Or, like, I didn't know what to say. Yeah. And now I'm like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> Like, Amen now I'd be like, who, why do we even talk about that? Like, who cares? Yeah, who's your baby and, getting and, and it's funny because okay. I know her so well now that I know that she doesn't even care now either. And she'd never even asked that now either, having had three kids herself. Like, that's not going to be her first question ever again. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I just, it was, it was, a, I, I had a lot of, like, negative interactions with people when it came to that. Yeah. And I felt really horrible because um I don't think that I ever ever made anyone else feel bad about their choices yeah I I um I, I would say in terms of nursing or feeding mm-hmm. um hands down uh like with my son um I felt a ton of pressure to nurse him mm-hmm um, like a ton of pressure, uh, in the hospital. They, I mean, people came by lactation consultants came by every single day. And I, there was one lactation consultant in particular that was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Like just, she was wonderful and she really took the pressure off. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just, there was way too much pressure to, to actually, um, say you wanted to, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like to nurse him and like, as, and I already had like so much crazy anxiety about feeding him. Cause I was freaking worried that he mm-hmm. wasn't going to get food because he would latch and like we're finger feeding him and it was mm-hmm. a shit show. Like, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then of course, like to have that one particular public health nurse tell me that I was, was harming him I was like that is mm-hmm. not at all what a brand new mom with monster anxiety so, yeah. so like to hear. Yeah, I, it's fine like maybe you were harming him maybe like, like reframe that like just like, in a way that's not so damaging right like, and, but the thing is like can you really I mean I mean I guess I don't know like can we overfeed our babies because like a baby doesn't well they just stop drinking if they had enough <laughs> they're like, like goldfish <laughs> like you know they explode like, I mean if they're full they're in their full, diaper like, form <laughs> yeah I don't know. As soon as you put their snowsuit on. And yeah, he, oh, anyway, it's, it was crazy. A friend of mine crazy. Um, texted a picture the other day of her six month old son that had a blowout diaper in the morning. And she's like, do you miss these? And I'm like, no. And, like, and his that. face was like proud of it. His oh! face, his he face was it. so cute. It was proud of it. And I was like, I am not, I, I don't miss that at all. No. <laughs> it's exhausting. It's yeah. It's exhausting. But some people like thrive off less sleep like some people are just built to have less sleep yeah and maybe those are the people that that tend to have less mental illness when it comes to parenting I don't know like yeah because I just feel like it's such a huge part of why people feel like shit yeah whether you're susceptible to depression like whether whether you've ever had it whether it runs in your family when you don't get a good night's sleep no one's at their best no and so like if you combine that with you know three four months or years of of no sleep like incessant yeah sleep deprivation and like you just said like all your levels have changed in the last seven ish years like 
Yeah. I used to be a hung I used to be a high functioning individual. So now you're <laughs> and now we it's laugh. like a distant we memory. Just laugh and laugh. <laughs> yeah. Like, but yeah, like your your stress level has actually changed the like the physiology in your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. something crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about like and I don't even have I mean, yes, Cooper has ADHD and this, that, and the other, but you know what? In the grand scheme of things, like, I, I have, I can, I can think of three friends um, right off the top of my head who have kids who are very um, high need, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. I can't even imagine, like, that, like yeah. that require way more than what Cooper does. And I don't, I don't know how they do it, you mm-hmm. know? Like... Um, yeah, we've all got our, we all do. Yeah. And that's why it's like, it's important to, to even to validate your situation too. Right. Instead of being like, also, I know other people that are maybe worse off or have have it different hard or whatever. That's, that may be true, but it doesn't take away from how hard it's been and what your experience has been because, because yeah, it's not easy. I mean, just becoming a parent isn't easy. And I think postpartum depression is so shitty because it's it's really supposed to be a really happy time of your life. Like yeah. you grow up thinking that, right? And and, and you have a vision of and what it's going to be everything baby like. is so cute and colorful and this and that and and soft and it's just and, and that's be... how it's supposed to be. And then yeah. if you feel if you don't feel like that, if you're sitting in the middle of all that softness and you just have no joy, yeah, that's that's so hard. And I know that when I, when I was kind of in the middle of it too, I was able to recognize that I was in it and then felt this like, almost like this surge of like urgency because I could almost hear the, the time ticking by of my child's life where I'm not enjoying it. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you look at your kid and you're like, okay, they're two. And like, so I feel like this now. And then. And then they're three and you're like, I still feel like this. And, you know, yeah. and it's like, when, when do I enjoy that? Yeah. I never thought about that. But when you're feeling good, you forget. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. It's funny how our brains are hardwired to like forget certain things. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's why we... Survive. have multiple children because we, we always forget how <laughs> what it feels like in the throes of <laughs> contractions and everything else yeah. yeah it's um yeah it's a really weird territory to tread for sure and then like and when you don't have support systems like you said like family um family is just a little bit different than having friends like friends are great but sometimes family is just a little bit more there's that feeling of their family. <laughs> their family. And the, the other thing, too, is that it's really hard to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Like, I had such a hard time asking for help, so I just wouldn't. Yeah. Um, and unless somebody, even somebody who would be like, yeah, call me anytime, like, I want to help, or, you know, um, or can I help? Like, unless somebody actually, like, just did it, mm-hmm. um, then... You know, like I didn't, I didn't ask because I just, I couldn't, I, 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 yeah. It's, it's kind of postpartum is, it would be weird. I, I just kind of like had a flashback. Like when you have a baby, lots of times people will bring 
like freezer meals and stuff and and like if you have a mom that will come for two weeks and cook a week's worth of freezer meals and you have that in your fridge or whatever and after a month it's gone and then the postpartum depression kicks in and that's when you need and that's them. when you need them the most and and i just <laughs> like i know a lot of people that that do a lot of like meal um coordination in town and stuff to try to like help other families in need i don't know anyone that delivers for depression yeah and oh my god please please do like please think of those people because like my kids we've had like a year like hot dogs and like peanut butter sandwiches peanut butter sandwiches and they're only a novelty at home because they can't have them at school yeah (laughs) (laughs) so like (laughs) like i i i know that like there's been a few times this year for myself that i would have loved to open the door and found like a casserole or something like it's just not thought of though because we tread so lightly around those people. We don't want to like, we don't know what to do around depressed people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because you don't you don't want to make it worse. You know, you don't want to say something by mm-hmm. by you know aggravating or making yeah, it worse. Yeah, people like want to give you your space, but really what yeah. we need is connectivity. Exactly. That's what we need. That's what the medicine is, and and it's just it's really hard because we want to we want to have people around, but we don't. Yeah. Because we and don't have the energy to be ourselves. So it's like, can you just come over and just drop off a casserole and sit, sit next me. to me and have a cup of tea and then leave? Yeah. You don't and then come back and do like... it in a couple of days. Yeah. Or text me and just say, hey, how's it going? Like, it's just, we can't do that. Like, we know you're there and we love you too. Um, But we have a baby at home and we're in the throes of like... Potential. Yeah. And <laughs> so it's... So you, do you want to have another baby? Do I want to have another baby? Let's do it. Hell no. <laughs> I love my two children so much. And it's funny because three was always the, the, the game number. plan. Yeah, yep. yeah, three was yeah. always the game plan. But we know that, first of all, I can't. With my postpartum depression, I cannot. I am not equipped to have another child. That's um, very responsible of you. So Same. it was hard to yeah. acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Um so that's the number one. The number two is that with my husband having the job that he has and being away and having the son and the needs that he has, mm-hmm. um, we couldn't, we agreed that bringing a third child into the mix would just not be fair either because it's already hard to give our daughter um, the, the attention um, when you have another kid who takes a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, like, with her it's it's different things that you have to juggle you know because you know that the tension is in the air and so and so she ends up like I already see it she's almost four and she's trying to be the one to lighten the mood Mm -hmm. um and and entertain and it's like you you are way too young to think that you have to do that or to take that responsibilities on yourself that is not that is not for you to yeah. worry about, you know, and like, it's okay to have some tension in the air a little bit, you yeah. know, but like, she's, I see her already, she like, like, we're it. very, very mindful of like, okay, like, we got to make sure that she knows that it is not her job to make yeah. people happy mm-hmm. and to, and to lighten things, the mood up, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, and that she actually doesn't have to be different either to make us happy because you, she already does. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and too, like, she's very flexible. Like our son is very not flexible and she is very mm. flexible and which is lovely because it definitely, I'm not going to lie. It makes things a lot easier. Yeah. But the thing is, is that 
I don't want her to be that flexible all the time, you know, because, just because someone else is just, so rigid. Exactly. Yeah. Like she, like her words matter. Like she, if she doesn't want to be flexible, then fucking right. So you mm-hmm. don't have to be like, yeah. you know, like don't bend, you know, like there are times when you don't need to bend. Yeah. Done. You know? And so, yeah, there's just a lot of dynamics. It's so, hard to nurture, no. like, yeah, both of, both of their needs. Yeah. It, it is. It is. So, yeah. To the answer to your question, no. I think it was hell's no. And <laughs> I like that one better. I cannot even tell you, like, enough how much no there is there. <laughs> but I like what you said, yeah. like, that you were acknowledging that you think that, you know, there's a good chance that you might get postpartum depression again. Oh, so yeah. Therefore, it's like a will, guarantee, I you think. Will, you, will not, you will not do that. That is exactly acknowledging it like an illness. Yeah. And that's great. Like, it's very responsible. I actually thought that before children too, like thinking, am I going to, am I going to pass down like this bipolar stuff? Right. Um, and yeah, I very well could. It's very selfish sometimes when I think about it. It's hard. That's, that's hard though to think about. Don't you find like, I've, I've thought about that too. Like, you know, I mean, my, I think my mom, my brother has depression and my mom, I mean, in recent years, having talked about everything, mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. like, I'm pretty sure that I had postpartum depression. Like at the time she had no idea, but no. now, and so like it, it runs in the family. And mm-hmm. so it's like, fuck, like, am I going to pass that on to you guys? Like, God, mm-hmm. I hope not because it's so hard. Like, it's just so lonely. And, but how amazing for, for Lainey to maybe know, potentially know that this could happen to her. And, and to know that and to have you around that, that that's lived it. That's true. And you could totally help. Like, I think that just because yeah. we are the generation that is a lot more educated in this stuff. Yeah. Because we know I it, agree. it's kind of scary. But when you really do think about, like, how many more tools we have in our toolbox that our parents have had nothing. No. Nothing. That's so true. Like, we are so ahead of the game. Yeah. And the whole diagnosis thing, so ahead of the game. Like with girls with ADHD, lots of times it's like college. They're getting diagnosed in college because that's when their support systems are taken away. Their moms, like no one's there to ask them about classes and homework and whatever. That's crazy. And and if it's not college, it's motherhood. Like Mm. becoming a mother, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I got to do, I got to multitask. And like, what the hell? And then maybe it's not motherhood. Maybe it's when that kid has a diagnosis and the parent gets diagnosed. Yeah. So yeah. it's, but it's not happening like that as much anymore because now we have so much education that the kids are getting diagnosed. Like, yeah, when they should be. There's a lot of, a lot when more awareness. Be. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, which is so good. I, I, I think especially in terms of ADHD because it's a, like, it's not visible mm-hmm. per se, you yeah. know? And not only that, but I also, like, it is one of the most grossly mislabeled yeah conditions disabilities whatever you want to call it um because everybody just thinks thinks that adhd is just um the inability to um you know focus Focus. on something and or they're hyper and 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 they're just like crazy energy like like they're they're, yeah they're hyper like they picture like like that has nothing to do with it yeah in their head yeah, I don't understand That's why they like, labeled it that because it's like you, you couldn't be farther from the truth, you I know. know. Um, really, it should be like brilliant mind slash like impulsive, like like 
Oh, I know. I know, right? It's just... Paying it's... attention to too many things at one time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, spin it around a bit. I mean, there is a book, actually, that talks about, like, mirror traits. And um, so it's, like, to help with self-esteem. Oh, okay. So, like, instead of saying, like, my kid is shy, it's like, she takes more time to warm up. Um, like, so mm. it's, like, the, the words that can potentially stick with a kid all your life and hurt you because they're labeled and they're made... Yeah, it's like a, a nice way to like spin it. So it's okay to be like slower to warm up to people. That's okay. But like sometimes like hearing, well, she's just shy is like not okay. So it's, it's got this negative yeah connotation to it. But yeah, so there's like a whole list of them. And it's funny because my husband read them when he got diagnosed and he was like, it, it was kind of for him. It was like, oh, this is just their way of trying to paint it all like rainbows when it really isn't. I was like, I see how you can see that because, like, this is a big That's thing also to realize. Really brain, though, because it's negative, right? Mm-hmm. It's very like l- low self-esteem, low confidence. Um, I yeah. think this book it was like it was called like the gift of ADHD or whatever that pissed him off because he was like, why would I ask for this gift? Like a gift oh. is something you ask for. <laughs> but, and he, and I said it's trying to show you how to tap into like the potential brilliance of your brain and the way it works. You just need to understand the way it works. That, that, like, that's what the book's about. But like he right away so was so like taken aback by it because he thought that people didn't understand his, like but how hard it was for him. That's kind of legit though, because like, I mean, so many times when you hear ADHD, it's negative. It's mm-hmm. not positive, you know? Yeah. And when, when the pediatric psychiatrist mm-hmm. told Cooper, cause we were like, okay, we, we need to tell him now he's getting, he's starting to notice that, you know, he's a little bit different and whatever. And when she, um, explained to him ADHD, that he had ADHD and what that was. And, uh, and it, she did it in such a positive way. Like I remember she asked us to leave the room and then we came back and, and he's like, mom, he's like, I have a thing called ADHD. He's like, my brain is different than yours. My brain can do this and this and this and this, but when your brain can only focus on this and this, like, and I was like, that's cool. Like it was, it was presented in such a positive way, which I think is really important because like, there are so many brilliant people out there who have ADHD. It's mm-hmm. not a negative thing. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's hard for parents. Cause it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> It's but like you know, like parents. trying to manage the manage everything. It's um, horrible for parents. It, it really is. But it's but look like, at all the CEOs of every company. Exactly. Look at look at all the, the high. Google it. Michael Phelps, like Google guy, and like Google celebrities with ADHD. You'll exactly. see all the big high end people. And guess what they all have, besides ADHD, they have assistants. Mm. Because they have the brilliant ideas, but they can't execute the work therefore they have the assistance so our kids are going to be the boss totally of the world and there you go there you have it awesome <laughs> cooper's already the boss right now well yeah they're the boss that's gross because wherein lies the problem when the kids don't want to they're born the boss with what the boss wants to do <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah. anyway it, it makes it for a really tough and, and like you said like now that you look back in hindsight as him as a baby and the way he was his his demeanor when he was born like Maybe had we known more about it, you you could have maybe been like, hmm, well, maybe red flag him for here. ADHD. Yeah, and um, and even like with with the pediatricians that we talked to, they're like, when did you kind of have an inkling? And with my daughter, I was like, she was one, and it was only because of the stuff I already knew about hyper focus and whatnot. Like, 
we didn't even have her dad diagnosed yet. But I was like, hmm, something, yeah. Like, I could leave her sitting, doing whatever at age, like, birth till whenever, ever, even now. <laughs> I could leave her. Like, I'd go have a shower, and I'd put her in her playpen or whatever, and she would not have moved one inch. And I'm like, oh, I could have, like, gone downtown. <laughs> I could have gone to the, I could have gone. Like, like, I could have done this because she's, like, hyper-focused on whatever I put in front of her. Wow. Like, just, and I'm like, that's not normal. Like, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about this. Yeah. The lack of activity was awesome. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? But, you know, but it wasn't, it was, it also wasn't normal either, right? So I, I knew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Isn't it funny, hey? Hindsight. But if there, thing. like, if there was a crystal ball that showed you this, that you were going to have all that suffering and stuff, like, I'm not saying, would you have had your kids? Because we know the answer. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, but like, man, it's not good. Like, it's, it would be a really shitty thing to know about beforehand, right? I would definitely Going into it. put, I would have put plans in place. Yeah. For sure. Like, I would, I would, I, I think that if I knew that even postpartum depression was as common or like that there's the possibility of it was as high as it was, mm-hmm. um, that I would have actually made a plan to just make sure that I have mm-hmm. s- support people around yeah. before I went into it. Like if I even thought that postpartum depression would be a possibility for me. Um, but I really, like, I really did not think I that didn't it would be a possibility. Like I, I never thought that I would be somebody who would get postpartum depression, especially not like for as long as I had it and for as. I, I think mean, it's interesting it. too. Like, like I I had depression and stuff before, but even then I still didn't. I was like you, like I didn't think because I planned it and I wanted it that I that wasn't going to happen, and um, I didn't even know it at the time. So like, I think a good a good plan to put in place for anyone that's going to have a baby is to know the symptoms and the signs. Yes. Have their spouse or their partner know the symptoms and signs and talk to their doctor about it too. Like the, the doctor, like I didn't, the doctor didn't talk to me about anything about that. Like there was nothing talked to me about the, the chances of postpartum depression, what it was. And then, like, at the two-week checkup or whatever it was after the baby, it was like, how are you doing? And how are the baby blues? But there was no probing. Actually, there was mm. nothing really. I, I could act my way out of that so easily. Yeah. That I wasn't is... ready at two weeks to ask for help because Honestly, you, don't, you you're, don't know. You're still... You're still running off of adrenaline yeah. at that point. And so, um, Deborah actually, I was talking to her, and she said, like, clinically, like, you could be diagnosed with postpartum depression up to a year after giving birth. So it's anywhere in that first year. So it could be like nine months later, you could be fine. And then all of a sudden, boom, you crash. That's, that's postpartum depression. It doesn't have to linger after the baby blues. Right. It can go away and then something can happen. And then like, then that can happen. Something can trigger it or whatever. Um, after a year, like if your baby's already been like, say your baby's eighteen months, and then you're experiencing depression, it's 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 separate. Right, right. Wow. Yeah, but I mean, it's all it's all like connected. I would say absolutely. Yeah. And if you didn't get treated like properly, then your chances of like, getting worse when your hormones hormones are raging. Then obviously, yeah, it's gonna. Did you? And you said that like your pregnancy 
with Lainey was a lot different, a lot harder. Yeah. So and just I were think you kind of like, oh, great, this is going to be even worse, too. Like, if my pregnancy was so great the first time and I had postpartum. I, I actually was, I think, maybe, like, a little bit delusional in that because my pregnancy was so freaking terrible that, because, um, like, I was so tired and I was sick and I was on the progesterone, which made me even feel even, like, blah. And um, I remember thinking, like, I couldn't even eat. Um, but I remember thinking, if, if I could just, I just need to get her to term and kick her out and then everything will be better. Like, it'll all be good. Um... And then, but yeah, then that didn't happen. And, and, it, and it's crazy too, because she was a worse sleeper than Cooper. So like as a second child where you already can't nap because Cooper wasn't right. napping at that point right. either. And oh, me, me and Andrew, we would pace for hours trying to get her to sleep. She would not go to sleep. She was like the lightest sleeper in the world. That's totally, she got that from my husband, by the way. Um, and yeah like I was like really like this is what we get for the second kid aren't you supposed to get the non-sleeper the first time around I was like how did I get two like it's not fair <laughs> where's the fun <laughs> oh it was crazy yeah so yeah no but I definitely I definitely thought um I'm gonna have a crappy pregnancy clearly but it just means it's gonna like I just get her out it'll all be good it's gonna be all like sunshines and rainbows and whatever and then, uh, and it was while the adrenaline was, while yeah. I was still pumping off the adrenaline and, and whatever. And then, and then that went away and then, boom. I love the par the new parents that tell me that everything's so amazing because their baby slept through the night and like, dude, you're in the hospital still. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Your baby's tired. Waited two weeks during their first uh, growth spurt. Oh you'll God, you'll right. never sleep. <laughs> Went to cluster feeding hits. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. But like our baby's so great. I'm like. Yeah, <laughs> like that's because they just they're tired now. Do you know what they just did? <laughs> I'd be damn tired too. <laughs> and we are, and we're so tired. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Anyway, well, I um just wanted to thank you for being so candid and honest about your experience becoming a mom. Definitely, I think that will resonate with quite a few people. I think that our stories are. They're not unique. They're just no. I mean, they're unique to us, but they're pretty much the same as everyone else that suffered. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I think I wish that more moms talked about the hard times and not make it seem like it's just so easy and it's just so fun and beautiful. Because and... if if I had known that somebody else felt this way, like the way I was feeling, um, I would have. I, I, it would have just been so nice to not feel like there was something wrong with me and that I was the only one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that we, we all do each other a disservice by not being honest and, um, you know, and just like, yeah, there's great days, but there's some shitty days too. And it's okay to talk about that. It doesn't make you less of a mom by any means. It doesn't mean that you don't love your kid. It just means you're freaking human. Yeah. Um, and, and we're we, not trying to scare you from having a baby. No. It's no. just, this is what it's like, but we're here. Yeah. And we've been through it. And, and, but, but yeah, like if you're going into it blindly and no one has said anything to you about whatever, um, it was kind of funny at the baby shower today because 
I gave my cousin two bassinet sheets instead of the one she asked for. Like I gave her two. And I was like, well, because your baby's going to drool and it's going to smell like spit up and it's going to smell nasty. So you're going to want to change it. And then my aunt jokingly said, oh, try to stop telling her all the horror stories. And I was like, oh, that's not a horror story. I'm like, you want to hear horror, horror stories? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to right now, but because I've already told her all the horror stories. She's known it all. But like, I'm like, but, but I wanted to be like, why not? Yeah. I mean, I know it's not too it's late real. to change your mind like, now, but at least you can be more prepared. That's so true. Or at least yeah. when it's happening to her in the middle of the night and she's not going, is this just me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one more thing before we wrap up. I just thought this was a great idea and I think more people should hear about it. But my cousin at the baby shower today, we all got um, like different sized diapers and we all wrote notes on them for Michelle so that when she's in the middle of the night and she's changing baby, what a great there's like idea. all these, insp- you know, like there were some funny ones like, hi mom, sorry I stink so much and like all this stuff. But you know, some people wrote really nice like things on it. So like she won't feel alone in the middle of the night. Yeah. It'll be that thing that will bring a smile to her face or, you yeah. know, that is such a brilliant idea. Yeah, I've never heard really of that. Cute. I love that. Yeah, there was a really a lot of like really cute ideas, but I thought that that was a really good one. And um, yeah, just a little tidbit because we can all use the more help we can, any help we can get is, is yeah. good. Yeah, those those lonely four a.m., three a.m. And it's not telling changes. us to laugh with friends. It's <laughs> no, that, yeah, that's hilarious. it's showing up with a casserole and a bottle of wine and. And uh, a listening ear. Absolutely. Anyway, um, yeah, well, maybe we'll have you back. We're going to have some more, like, general conversations about stuff, too, with, with my sister when she's available. So That sounds great. Yeah. I'd love to come. That'd be great. Awesome. Okay. Well, till next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you have something to say, drop us a line at our email, thegraymatterspodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're just curious about mental health and want to follow what we're doing, follow us on Twitter at The Gray Matters 4. That's the number four. Or if you just want to check out our blog, you can find it at thegraymatterscom.wordpress.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.